0: Stiff Show. I am your host, Ryan Blackburn at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. It is Friday afternoon as we come to you for this weekend podcast. We didn't want a podcast last night because on one hand, both of us are sick. On the other hand, it was like midnight and we weren't about to stay at the Pepsi Center until 2 a.m. So apologies. But we're getting to you on Friday afternoon. I am here with my co-host, Jenna Garcia. Jenna, how are you doing on this Friday afternoon?
1: It's Friday. I'm great. I'm fantastic. The Nuggets got a win last night. It's a great Friday.
0: <laughs> there are worse things. There are worse things than going into the weekend. Nuggets winning. Uh, just getting to rest, relax after a, a long day's work, after a long week's work. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna hope to get all of you Nuggets fans into the weekend strong. We're gonna have some good content for you today. Most people don't podcast on these Fridays, and we're gonna get you a great podcast for the weekend for everybody to enjoy. So without further ado, do you wanna get into the Brooklyn Nets victory last night?
1: For sure. Let's talk about it. It wasn't pretty.
0: It was not pretty. That was that's kind of the story of this one. The Nuggets, once again, got out to a pretty slow start. They've been they've been getting into that habit again where the third quarter is they're saving time. They're saving time. They're saving grace. Uh, the bench really came in strong. The Nuggets got a victory one hundred one ninety three, but they didn't look great throughout. Uh, what's kind of your takeaway from the Nuggets starting slow, not necessarily putting as much effort in at the first quarter in the first half?
1: You know, I don't think it's. <sighs> I, I don't personally think it's an effort thing. I used to play basketball. There's just some nights you come out sluggish. There's just some nights you come out heavy. You can't seem to get your feet off the ground. There's just some nights that it's not about effort. You go out there with the mindset like, I'm going to give it my all for sure every night. Right. You know, I don't think any of these guys, they're professional athletes. They don't just go out and be like, ah, I don't really care about this game. I don't think any of them go out with that mentality. They all love to play basketball. That's one thing about the Snuggets team. Like you see them in the off season every day in the gym, all of them. They love, maybe not not Nikola Jokic, but <laughs> aside from Nikola the large majority of them really enjoy playing basketball. It's what they actually like to do. So I don't think it's an effort thing. I, everyone keeps commenting on like, oh, well, they're not really coming out full force with, they're not giving 100%. And I just don't think that. I just think you can get bogged down when you miss a couple shots. You saw that, in you've seen that in Jamal Murray's games last night and the night before. He right. was missing a few shots. He, unlike last year and years prior, Has not just given up entirely. He's still playing defense. He's still facilitating the ball, trying to get assists and do other things. So I don't know. I I don't. I wouldn't say it's a lack of effort. I would say that they've they've fallen flat. They're they're struggling a little bit with their shot. There have been a lot less practices than last year at this time. Last year at this time, Malone would have practiced today. No practice for the Nuggets today. He didn't practice on any off day this week. Any one of those days. They had shoot around yesterday. Shoot
0: around's pretty laid back. They've been been getting into a a relatively consistent schedule where if they have two days in between, they definitely aren't practicing on that first off day. They will practice on the second, and then they'll have a shoot around. But sometimes they like sometimes they they won't even have shoot around. I I was kind of surprised that I don't think they had shoot around for this Thursday night game. Is that right? No, they
1: had shoot around yesterday, but they didn't have. Malone didn't talk. They they didn't have shoot around, I think, on Tuesday.
0: Oh, that's Tuesday's right. Yeah, that one. Which, yeah. which, is that, and, is that surprising? Mean, it's surprising. It's, it's, it could be a focus thing. It could be an energy thing. It's possible that Malone just doesn't want to burn them out at the beginning of the year, which you kind of get. This team gets into a funk where they don't necessarily want to, uh, just be on the grind. Like it, you take the pers- you take the persona of your best player. Nikola Jokic isn't really a grind guy. He's not somebody who enjoys the, the day to day of, of the, the, the practices, the, the getting after. And he, I thought he did a really good job during training camp, but it's very clear that this team has needed breaks. This team has needed to refocus during games and kind of get up for those. Uh, do you think that there's a possibility that this team isn't taking a lot of their Eastern Conference opponents very seriously? I mean, I wouldn't. Yeah, that's true. I mean, there's a, there's a I, very— The
1: other day, somebody asked me if I thought that—who uh, I thought the—no, they asked me if I thought the Hawks were a playoff team after they beat the Nuggets. And I chuckled, and I was like, anyone in the East is a playoff team. Come on. I mean, It's true. <laughs> The Heat are going to be a playoff team in the East this year. The East is far weaker. I mean, Kevin Durant will make it stronger Um, once he comes back. That'll make that team good and, you know, a contender potentially. Uh, Philly's decent. Boston, you're scared of them because history teaches you to be scared of them, but not necessarily because of who they are today. And I don't know. I just think it would be easy to not take them seriously. Now, Malone and Jokic always will say, it doesn't matter who comes into town. We're always going to play with the same mentality. You know, Jokic saying, it doesn't matter. I never, you know, play different for a certain player. I just play basketball, as he said about Embiid. But I don't think, yeah, yeah, I guess I would say, yeah, I don't think they're taking them seriously. I think that they know they're more talented than the majority of those teams. And I think that they... Could potentially, as they did with Atlanta, get stuck in bad situations where they can't come back. You know, uh, they know that they can come back. They know that they can grind out a win in the fourth quarter.
0: Right.
1: I, I mean, we all know that. We've watched
0: it happen. It's it's but been there. It's been it their entire it's mo. Smart. It's honestly been just what they what they do, what they focused on this year. I had a, a couple of good stats for you. Their their net rating in first quarters, the points points over 100 possessions of Denver, minus points over 100 possessions of the opposing team. The Nuggets are 27th in the NBA in that category because they always get out to slow starts. They're they're one of the worst teams at starting strong. They aren't that much better in the second quarter, but they get a really massive boost in the third quarter. The Nuggets have been... Jamal great. Murray time. It's it's Jamal Murray, it's Nikola Jokic where he starts locking in, Will Barton has been great, Paul Millsap's been great, but The the Nuggets are in that position. Charles Barkley had a really good quote on TNT last night that I shared uh, in an article today where the Nuggets know that they're good, like you said. They know that they're good, and they believe that they're better than the other team, and so they aren't necessarily coming out with the most focus at the beginning of these games. And I think you saw that I guess the Brooklyn Nets last night where the Nuggets got down. They were down by 12 at halftime. The bench got out. And gave them a lot of energy and they were able to tie the game up going into the fourth quarter. And then the Nuggets won it in the fourth. Because that's just what they do. That's they're a fourth quarter team. They really perform well in those situations. But they shouldn't have to be that. It shouldn't have to be this hard to get the Nuggets to start trying. It's 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 a grind and you you want to psychoanalyze like why teams are doing this, why the Nuggets are in this position as frequently as they are, I think it's probably because they've started with such an easy schedule and that easy schedule has helped them get out to eight and three and, and they haven't played their best, but they're better than the other teams across from them pretty much every single time.
1: No, I definitely think, you know, I, I don't want it to be perceived that Malone is not telling them to do this. I think no, this is clearly the biggest pet peeve, you know? It's yeah. not that Malone is saying like yeah whatever let's go out there and just play our game, but I think the players you know you're starting five go out there and you're looking across you know the court at who you're matched up against and you're like yeah aside from Kyrie on the floor last night yeah I'm better than that guy every other matchup you know they kind of feel that way and we're more ta- we're more talented than those guys and so you think I, I wonder too you know like as a player how often are I know Jamal Murray is looking at the shot clock I know he's noticing the time you can tell by what he does in in clutch minutes
0: right
1: and and I'm guessing Nikola Jokic as such a high IQ player he probably is aware as well but aside from those two guys I don't know if the other guys on the floor are really paying attention to the score are they noticing that they're even down 12 you know I think when you're on the floor you notice you're, you're feeling like Dang, we cannot get a good possession. Okay, we can't get the. We're not getting the ball rolling right. We haven't run the play. You know, Coach Malone has chewed us out. Now I can see his face as I'm running up the court. You know, you're probably thinking those things. You're knowing you are aware that you're not playing well, but you're not aware that you're down twelve points necessarily. And um, I definitely think that that's a problem. Like it's worked so far, but like you said, it's been an easy schedule. It's not going to work forever, and they can't get into this like. I don't know, a routine of doing that. They need to definitely change that. Um, But again, I don't know how conscious they are that they're doing it.
0: We'll get into some of the games that they're about to play uh, in the coming days and over the course of this next week. But let's, let's focus in a little bit on this Brooklyn Nets game. This was when the bench finally came alive. This was, I think, their first really strong performance of the year. Uh, where they they weren't necessarily down the entire time. The bench was giving the starters a lift as opposed to kind of forcing the starters to carry them throughout the game. Uh, Juancho Hernan Gomez finally got small forward minutes. I thought that that was really notable. He played a significant portion of time off the bench. Michael Porter Jr. played just four minutes. Uh Is that something that we might see going forward? Is that something that you think is an intriguing part of the next few days where Wancho's getting the time that we thought that MPJ would be getting?
1: I mean, I think Malone wanted to give Wancho minutes Partially for mental reasons, like to keep Wancho engaged, to keep Wancho, to show Wancho some respect for how how good of a teammate he's been, as well as how hard he's working. You know, in his post game yesterday, he talked to us about how you know, he. I asked him specifically, um, what does being ready? Because Coach Malone always says that you're ready, no matter when you're always ready, and you stay ready. What does staying ready look like specifically for you? And he said, you know, it means controlling my diet it's what i eat it's what i put in my body it's coming in early leaving late and you if you were at the games you, um as a media member you know wancho usually hits the court the practice court after a game so does mpj usually and mpj did last night so did malik beasley last night malik who didn't even get on the floor at all you know which uh, to me was surprising like if he's available i don't care if he's been sick he can hit, he can drop down shots so yeah. would, i would I'm not sure that we're going to see more Wancho. I think it was more of, like, a Coach Malone tip in his hat. Like, we see you. I, I know you're still here. I respect you. Um, don't... Try not to lose a guy, you know? Because... Wancho even mentioned it in his post game. Uh, I think Harrison Wynn was the one who asked him, you know, were you surprised to get minutes in the first quarter? And he said, yeah, of course I was. Like, I played 12 <laughs> minutes over the course of 10 games. I was definitely shocked to get in in the first quarter. So I do think it was more of like a respect, out of respect to Wancho. I don't think it's because Wancho's getting those minutes moving forward, unfortunately.
0: I, I tend to agree with you. I think that there's there's certainly – A part of Nuggets fans that would like to see Wancho play over the next few games, they think he earned it. They think that he at least deserves that opportunity with the the energy that he provided, with the rebounding, with the way that the Nuggets bench kind of operated with him out there. There's certainly some logic to that. There's certainly some – a reasonable person would say – Juancho Hernan Gomez was on the floor when the Nuggets were playing well. Let's keep giving him an opportunity. And I think that they'll try yep. that for the next few games, but I don't know if it's going to be a long-term thing. Like you said, this team, they probably are going to play Malik Beasley. They're probably going to play Michael Porter Jr. Like that; Those aren't just going away. oh! I
1: did not say Michael Porter Jr.
0: I, I did. I think, that you they, said that. I think that they will play and continue to try and play Michael Porter Jr., Quietly, Michael Porter Jr. has played the last seven games in a row. He hasn't been great. He hasn't played a long time while he's out there. A lot of times it's just one stint during the game. But I think that he's going to continue to get opportunities, and Malone's just going to have to try and figure that out because it's not going to be perfect when he's out there. I think it's actually going to be not great when he's out there.
1: Yeah, but if we're going with that theory, then you've you got to say the same thing for Wancho. And you got to say the same thing for Vando. And nobody, this was pissing me off last night. Nobody's talking about Vando. Vando is the exact same situation that MPJ is in. Only better because he was actually a G League player last year. He got minutes. He ran. He actually played basketball last year. Vando is a crazy rebounder. There's no reason why he shouldn't be getting minutes in the rotation. Asa- in the same regard I know we you and I talked about this last night too in the same regard you have veterans in that three position at Will Barton, Tory Craig who's not been great um, Wancho you have gosh you could put so many people in that three position Malik you could put into the three position it'd be small but I think I honestly think that's what I would do, I would put Malik in the three position too, and MPJ. So you have way more guys that you're trying to work into that rotation than you are at the four or five. And Vando, you know, why can't we get Vando some minutes? We got four guys at the four, between four and five, between those two positions, two right. positions, you got four guys uh, Vando, Flumley, Jeremy Grant
0: and millsap. Um, millsap yeah i think it there's, there's certainly phenomenal yeah but why
1: not he's tired sometimes why not give vando why isn't anyone up and uh, freaking out about vando not getting minutes that's annoying to me
0: i think there's there's definitely logic for that paul millsap has been great he's been one of the most consistent players on this nuggets team thus far but he's also 34 years old and you you probably should give a guy like that some maintenance at some points like he's not going to play every game nor should you ask him to play every game. If you want him to be at his best when the playoffs come around, so I, I am surprised that the Nuggets have not tried to load manage any of their guys yet. Uh, it's a it's a big deal. This team is playing for a hundred games, hundred and ten games. If they that's that's the stated goal, and if you want to continue to get the most out of your deep rotation, if you want to give guys like Jared Vanderbilt a try. You should probably be resting Paul Millsap You could probably rest Mason Plumley, Who has not been great He's not He's not been, especially over the last few games I think he started really well But over the last few games has not been Not been wonderful So we're going to see how and that Plumlee, goes And
1: Monte really figured it out last night a little bit But yeah Plumley is like a Wancho kind of player He will always give you You know what you're going to get He's going to hustle, he's going to give his best he's, But he's not always going to he's not gonna he's gonna make mistakes like you would describe
0: Wancho probably sorry for cutting you off oh you're good you're good let's let's stay on track with this with this Nets victory Jamal Murray had a tough shooting night uh, I didn't think he was an overwhelmingly negative player though like he, he, he missed shots but he only turned the ball over twice uh, he had some decent defense on Kyrie Irving Spencer Dinwiddie some of the, the Nets guards and and he wasn't like dominating the ball to the point where the offense was bad because he was bad. Uh, I thought the offense is bad for different reasons. And we'll get into that in the next segment. But what's, what's your evaluation on Jamal Murray? He's had a tough week over the last couple games.
1: He has had a tough week. I kind of have a hot take for why.
0: Okay.
1: I think Jamal. It took a step back. This week. Because He wanted to push he did it purposely is my point <laughs> he wanted to push the second unit to actually step up he if jamal's not hitting shots i think the nuggets are like eight zero or something when you, nicola and jamal lead them in scoring so jamal took a step away he you know huh. he knew that the second unit was struggling he he said you know what i'm not gonna be as good as i've been because these guys need to step up into their role. They need to see that if they're not good, we're not good. If they're not going to step up, we can't be a playoff contending team. I know it's far-fetched. I have no proof <laughs> of it whatsoever. It's, I have not asked Jamal <laughs> about it. But it is a theory.
0: It's a ga- It's a galaxy it's, brain take for sure. For sure. <laughs> sure. Like, it's mind-bending. Mind-bending sure. kind of take. No, uh, <laughs> but he has
1: struggled. He struggled in the last couple of games. He struggled to hit shots. Um, he was still a positive and plus minus last night where Nikola Jokic, who ha- because he had 10 points, no one noticed that he was a negative in plus minus on the, fo- on the floor last night. Right. Him, he was the only starter who was a negative. That's probably pretty telling for his game. And Nikola hasn't been great. Nikola, I mean, he's been great, but he's been way more inconsistent than I think Jamal has been over the course of the season
0: so you know, far. There was a play last night where Nikola Jokic caught the ball in the post and immediately turned and and backed down Jared Allen right under the rim, and then put a nice little hook shot right over him and and it it was just so easy. It was just so Nikola when he's on that he can dominate anybody who's in front of him and especially a guy like Jared Allen who's a little bit skinnier he's he's a good shot blocker but like he's a skinny dude and and you muscle him right under the basket and could probably do it every single possession it's a, it's at that point it's a choice that you're not doing it there there are a couple of times where he he turned around faced and hit a jump shot over him or he hit a nice post move over him and they they never went back to that for some reason and
1: I'm very interested in that too actually like they were struggling you're going you're going into halftime you're down double digits why not go to the very fundamental and simple i hate to say it but spurs like because I'm a big, big hater of the Spurs. Uh, my first experience with the Spurs was difficult as a young child, so I, well, my first game, a Nuggets game ever, was against the Spurs. Oh, that
0: that was probably bad. That was probably not a great situation.
1: It was. It was on New Year's Eve, and the Spurs killed us, and I was like, my New Year's is ruined. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> the Spurs, but the Spurs do a did a great job of this when Tim Duncan was on the floor if they were down it was literally just get it to Tim in the paint he's you're closer to the basket it's like it's literally common sense you're closer to the basket it's easier to get the ball in the basket you're taller Nicola it was it was total mismatch last night he's bigger than the guy just get it to Nicola in the paint or even Paul in the paint Paul um, you know he hasn't been great in the paint this year. He's been really good from outside, which is crazy and hilarious. He's been—I mean, when he's had open looks in the paint, obviously he's
0: sure he's phenomenal. Sure,
1: but in some of those like tough matchups, uh, he—you know—he's bobbled it a few times. He's looked to get it out of the paint a couple times, where it's like, <laughs> Nicole, like I said, it's so simple for Nikola to just go up with the ball. Why aren't we doing this every play? We're down twelve. Okay, let's play really good defense. Come back down, dish it into the into the block. Like,
0: ugh. It would so. it would be it would be the logical thing to do, I think. But let's flesh that out a little bit in the next segment when yeah, we come we back. Don't
1: play I, with the logic.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I I want to talk about why this team's struggling on offense. Give you some theories about what some of the some of the things that have been going through my head, and we'll we'll just see where we go when we come back. This is the Denver Stiff Show. I'm Ryan Blackburn. She is Jenna Garcia. Through 11 games, the Nuggets have an eight and three record. Pretty good. Pretty good. You, you on the on face value would you would never complain about that. Eight and three, solid. The problem though is when you you have the seventh ranked defense per cleaning the glass. Great statistical site if you're interested. Uh, the Nuggets also have the 23rd ranked offense per cleaning the glass. And that's that's excluding garbage time. That's excluding any time where the, the game is kind of out of hand. Uh, really expressing the fact that the Nuggets just haven't been great on that side of the ball. Uh, is this where you thought the team would be through 11 games? If, if you were going back to the beginning of the season and you said, okay, this is where I think the team is going to be through 10, 11 games. Is this what you thought you would be seeing?
1: No, no. I definitely, I mean, we did that roundtable, I think, at the beginning of, prior to the start of the season, where we talked about how many games they won, and what I did to prepare for that roundtable was look at their schedule and kind of, I definitely didn't think they were going to lose to the Hawks. Right. You know, I didn't think they were going to be in a close game with Brooklyn. Um just a few teams in there that I thought that's a win that's a sure and win you know and their schedule or their their win record at home hasn't been as good as last year I think we went like the first 10 home games without a loss at home last year or something like that right where so we in the media were like last year I remember being like oh my god I've never like the first time they lost at home I was like I don't even know how to ask them questions right now because they're not in a good mood because <laughs> like, it was like so long that we went without a loss and so and even throughout the whole season their loss win loss record at home they had a huge differential at home they were phenomenal so I thought for sure the home court advantage would be better than it's been thus far I'm surprised that we've seen a couple losses at home I don't Team, that we need to give up on them by any means or anything. Um, I am surprised by some of their defense, um, but for the most part, those first few wins of the season were defensive wins. They right. were sloppy. They were ugly. Um, there, I thought that unit last night with. Wancho and MPJ at the same time I think I turned to you and I was like oh dear god like there were like a few like (laughs) back-to-back baskets where I was like "Uh -uh." uh-uh they were both Wancho's fault I think in that moment they were both Wancho's fault but it was also like you had no defense on the floor and I was pretty nervous there for four minutes well (laughs) I guess but um their offense it's weird because I feel like their offense, like, I feel like guys who last year were struggling this year are doing great, like Jamal Murray, like Will Barton offensively, and then there's, like, other pieces of that, even Paul Millsap, other pieces of that offense, I feel like it is, it has got to be the second unit that's really messing with me, because I was right. so used to seeing the, the second unit contribute so positively, and so there was not, like, a difference, you couldn't necessarily tell when the second unit had got, come on the floor versus when they had been on the bench, you know. And so uh, I think this year that's been very apparent, like the offensive struggles as soon as the second unit comes in.
0: Yeah, I there, there's definitely been a disconnect between the starters and the bench. That that much is clear. That much the, the starters have been relatively good despite the fact that Jokic hasn't been at his best, despite the fact that Gary Harris hasn't shot the ball really well. They've still been better. They've still been much better than where the bench has been, after the most part. And I'm gonna tr- I'm gonna give you a couple of things that I think the offense has done wrong that can that we can kind of psychoanalyze, like why this is a thing. And then yeah. you tell me that's a, that's correct, or you tell me that's incorrect, and and or at least share share your perspective on that. The first thing is that I think that they're getting too stationary. I don't think that they're moving enough offensively. They are currently last in the n b a in total miles run as a team at seven point eight six per game like that 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 number doesn't mean anything, but the fact that they're last i think probably says something about the fact that they're just there there aren't enough bodies that are moving around right now. Is that something that you think is a factor, or am I pulling at straws here
1: No, I mean if you look at the pace that they play at, it's been incredibly low it's it's been slow it's right not really pushing out in transition I think it was either you or Skip who I said I, I think that the second unit should solely run fast break I think that's and you know, complete offense yeah. is just run fast break
0: you know Don't you're right on, you, were, you, were, fast you were absolutely right about that and I thought that that was what the bench did well last night was when they started getting out and running, they started uh, moving in transition a little bit. It created advantageous looks for them, and I thought that they looked a lot better. They looked like they were having a lot more fun. So that's that's a big factor, I think.
1: Monte Morris pushed the ball last night in the pace when he was on the floor. and Him and Wancho, as you mentioned, Wancho's... Uh, just energy that he brings to the game. Juancho is a hustle player. Plumlee is a hustle player. Monte Morris, hustle player. It's like watching three Eduardo Najeras from the old school Nuggets. <laughs> <laughs> you were worried about pull. them. You're not necessarily sure if the ball's going in, but you know that they're going to hustle the entirety of the time they're on the floor. And, that works for that those three guys. That works for that second unit if they can just push the ball up the court. Even when Will Barton was on with that second unit last night, I thought he really worked well with the, with those, the other four because of the same reason. Will likes to get out in transition now. Do I think there was even one time Monte Morris shot a floater with like 14 seconds left on the shot clock, and I was right. like... But I, I was kind of thinking, like, well, they had the defense had already got back. That's probably not the best shot. He, he made it, so whatever.
0: Mason no Plumley's can. been shooting a lot of liners as well. Like that's that's yeah. a that's a factor,
1: right? So why not just run the team, get in getting transition and lob city all night long? To they Mason. have
0: they have the personnel to do it. They have the guys. Jeremy Grant. Yeah, on, Malik Beasley when he's healthy, like that's, oh, that's a guy yeah. who, who should be out and running. He shouldn't be thinking too much when he's on the floor. Uh, that's just a factor. I don't know if it's the, the one thing that's really kicking them, but, but it's just one thing. The other thing is that they aren't passing like they used to. Uh, they're currently 26th in the NBA in passes per game at 256. Last mm-hmm. year they were 5th. They were passing 312 times. That's about a 56 pass difference. Some of that has to do with pace, but the Nuggets were also a slow team last year. They weren't weren't running that much last year either. The fact that it's so drastically different kind of says to me that something's off. Something with the, the player movement, with the ball movement, something is not clicking well with where the Nuggets need to be right now.
1: Is that per one hundred possessions, or is that
0: that's per total? Game? That's total, um, and and per one hundred possessions, I think you'd find a similar you'd find a similar difference exactly. there. But mm. the 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 fact that they're in the bottom five in passes now, as opposed to top five, is a is a pretty stark difference.
1: Yeah, I mean that basically implies that they're not working the play; they're not. Um, they're just going into ISO and taking the first option instead of maybe working the play to get the second or third option, which is usually a much wider open option. Um, And especially with that second unit, again, like not to be negative on them because they actually were really great last night, but with that second unit where, okay, your first option is, I don't know, Jeremy Grant or whoever your first option is in the play – you're, you're, you don't have your best shooters on the floor, and that's well known. That's the reason why you're in the second unit. You're not the best shooter. You're not shooting very consistently. So if your first option is shooting under 50% from the field or 40% from the field, I think Jeremy Grant from like three point is like at 27% from the field right now. or even Yeah, first. I, th-
0: I think it's around there. It's mm-hmm. it's not great. It's a, It's definitely a drop off from where he was.
1: So if that's your first... And Torrey Craig's got to be down in that range, too. Definitely. So those Okay, your first option was a corner three. You, you know who's shooting the ball. Let's keep working it because your first option isn't shooting great right now. And will those shots drop eventually? Yeah. I think those shots... Will, I think they'll get their shot back. I don't think... You know, you're in the NBA because you're one of the best in the world. Not for any other reason, you know. So I do think their shot will come back. But you have to work that... The ball more than what they're doing currently, and I think I don't. This the first unit was terrible last night. To be honest, I thought they were sluggish. They were honestly kind of boring to watch. Um, Gary um, Harris, yeah. Will Bart, uh, Will Barton was phenomenal, but Gary Harris, uh, Jamal, and Nicola just seemed off, and they weren't. You know, they can fall into those same patterns of okay, we're just going to take the first option. You know, okay let's get it to Paul because he's shooting well instead of working the play and running the play. I I, I feel like there's got to be some questions about what is what is Malone controlling? You know, I, I've been wondering why is he not, why is he subbing out full, full first five, second five units? Why isn't he doing more overlap and why didn't he do it sooner? Um, but also like, why you know why is is he telling them to run the play? Is he enforcing right. that? Is is there any sort of you know? I don't know. They're grown men, so I, <laughs> I don't know how much <laughs> you, they listen. You to.
0: Would them, think, you would know? think yeah, you would think that that this wouldn't be as much of an issue as it is, and it almost looks like there's there's a there's a poutiness there not necessarily like with with nicola specifically but with the the entire team's just sluggish the entire team's just a little slow especially when you get to the half court so there's definitely some issues there the fact that they're being so deliberate the fact that they're being so slow i think that's really affecting everybody over the last few years michael malone has had to get out of the way of the offense On on multiple occasions where he needs to call less plays, where he has said this in his pressers with the media, I need to call less plays, I need to trust my guys, I need to let them get out and do their thing, and Jokic usually responds well to that, and I think all of those guys follow suit when he does, so I'm I'm looking forward to seeing if that's a soundbite that we get over the next few days where the offense isn't working and Michael Malone says... I need to stop calling plays. I need to just let and trust Nicola because he's a mastermind because he knows what he needs to do.
1: Well, perhaps he's doing that currently. Perhaps he's he's been he's so used to not calling it and letting them kind of do their own thing that and and they're struggling right now with their own thing. So maybe they need more guidance right now. I'm not sure.
0: It's it's very possible. We and we're we're not in the locker room. We don't we don't we can't speak to what those conversations are. We can only speak to what is said publicly. Uh, but but it's going to be an interesting factor going forward. I think that there's wh- whether it's more motivation, whether it's more focus, whether it's just a higher level of execution that needs to happen. I don't know what the issue is. I think that we can we can speculate. We can say here are the numbers, here's what they're not doing well. But there's a difference between identifying what they're not doing well and then explaining, okay, here's how you make it better. Um uh, sure. I I don't know. Like that's that's where I I can only present information at this point and then the information's pretty bad. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean the offense is definitely struggling whether it's the first unit, second unit, it seems to be like they can't all get on the same page at the same time. And I think that that means, you know, Malone needs to step in and and maybe do a little more controlling right now, do a little more coaching right now so that they can kind of find their groove, you know, and, and that's normal, I would say, at the beginning of a season that you're going to need to give your guys more direction then in later on when they kind of already know each other's flow, know how they play and all of that
0: let's take another break when we come back we're going to get into our our final questions of the week Uh, player of the week player needs to forget the week and then I've got some other questions for Jenna we'll be right back right, we're back Denver Stiff show final segment of the evening player of the week so far I think that we've had three games since the Philadelphia 76ers win. We had the Minnesota Timberwolves victory in overtime. We had this Atlanta Hawks loss, and then we had a strong victory against the Brooklyn Nets. Which of the players do you think has stood out over that time? I've got a couple uh, that I think really that, that really stood out. Do you have anybody that that you think really stood out this week and would, would should be considered the player of the week? <laughs> Millsap yeah Paul
1: Millsap has done everything I mean he is the bricks of this house if you want to put it in a (laughs) metaphor the man holds this team together I mean I cannot there's so many games where I've literally just watched the first five he comes out so strong and I don't know if it's because like he's been doing it so long his fundamentals are so strong he knows how to do it or if he has just a really good pregame routine that gets him going in the right direction. I don't know if it's you know, I know some guys you know, shooters, you miss your first shot it kind of throws you off, you want you know, it can be difficult to come back from that Uh, I think that that Really ends up happening to Will Barton when he doesn't get his first shot off and it's not a make. It can kind of stifle him, which hasn't been the case this year. I feel like most of his first shots have gone in, so good. We haven't had to deal with that yet. Yep. But I, I would definitely go with Paul Millsap. The man has been a brick house. He's ever since that head injury. I genuinely thought like I, I this was... is going to slow him down. He's gonna. <laughs> I, he's gonna be. I broke my nose playing basketball, going driving in the paint, and it was scary to drive in the paint after that. It was scary to go up for a layup because I was just like, okay, like, my face, it's, it was broken <laughs> doing this. So, like, and Paul has literally has stitches coming down his face like Frankenstein or something, and he's, like, going harder than he's ever gone. I, I I, don't think I've ever been this impressed with Paul Millsap.
0: He's unbelievable. He really is a pro's pro. Got whacked in the face. I was just thinking that, too, when you said it. Like, he, he gets whacked. Yeah. He comes back stronger than ever. He has to leave that one game, but when he comes back, he's better than when he ever was. So he was one guy that I thought, the other one was Will Barton. I thought that he he had a pretty strong week too. Wasn't perfect shooting the ball, but he barely turned the ball over at all. He rebounds the ball like a madman. He's still passing the ball really well. And he's scoring reasonably well from the perimeter too. I thought he, his shot has been just as good as anybody else's, maybe except for Paul Millsap. So I'm willing to go with Paul Millsap on this one, though. That dude has been a monster. He has been exactly what the Nuggets needed to start the season when their best players aren't playing their best.
1: Yeah, and in Nikola Jokic's words, he's playing better. He looks like he's 21, not
0: 77,
1: (laughs) which I'm pretty sure Nikola said last night. Oh, yeah. um, yeah. About Millsap. But, yeah, if you just look overall, I mean, he's been in the last five games – with the exception of against Atlanta which I don't know how he was just a plus one but he was a plus nine a plus 10 a plus 23 a plus 16 he's been a plus 15 in you know a couple games before those last five games but he's just been phenomenal every night on the court it's like he's consistent he's the definition of consistency his face should be by it
0: It, (laughs) when you you look up consistency in the dictionary that's a picture of Paul Millsap's Harry Potter forehead
1: teddy bear holding you know (laughs) after the stitches holding his teddy bear This should just be him he's i i've really been impressed with him and i was definitely skeptical about the nuggets taking his option this summer and i thought that was a lot of money to pay for a guy who was getting kind of old like he totally took it to me man he like definitely (laughs) proved me wrong uh he shut me up real quick i totally take it back he's been phenomenal um worth the money especially if he continues to play
0: this well i i have some skepticism that he will continue to play this well if they continue to ride him as much as they have but for for what they've done so far for what he's done so far excellent work hard to argue with anything okay player who needs to forget this week kind of the lvp the the guy who kind of needs to just take the l and and move on and Moved a bigger What's and better the thing so far. Stand for? uh the least valuable player. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I was
1: like, you meant, "Is that loser valuable player?" Like, <laughs> trying
0: to figure it out. It's it's not great. <laughs> um, the guy the who I valuable. I'll go first this time. The guy who I picked was Jamal Murray. He he wasn't great ever since. Like he started the week really great on that Sunday against Minnesota. He started and was a flamethrower to start that game. But he goes out with a leg injury, doesn't play that great for the rest of that time, and then when he faces Trey Young in, in the Atlanta game, kind kind of put up a dud. Not gonna lie, uh, against this against this Brooklyn team, against Kyrie Irving in this this rematch at Pepsi Center that I'm sure he was looking forward to, kind of put up yeah. a dud. One of eleven from the field. So, it's uh it's there there are players that played worse. Uh, and and there are players that didn't necessarily spend as much time on the floor as Jamal, but I think that it needs to be said that Jamal wasn't great, and and I think that yeah. this he he just needs to forget about this one.
1: Well, I mean, he did it on purpose, so give him a break. And he he did it on purpose, he gave huh? It to step up into their role, and they cl- it clearly worked. So the second <laughs> unit's clicking now, so you can't even be mad at him about it. No, honestly, I I definitely thought um, I was going to say Jamal or. Potentially Tory Craig. Um,
0: yeah, not a lot of Tory Craig over the course of the last few games.
1: Didn't even notice. I'm I'm, gonna, I'm wondering if you noticed. Torrey didn't play last night. Oh,
0: I, I did notice that. Did? I was I was I was surprised that the Nuggets went with a lineup that featured Michael Porter Jr. at shooting guard over Tory Craig. Uh huh. It's That's pretty bad.
1: Gotta be pissing him off. And, you know um, it has got you? Yeah. Like, yeah, we're homies, and I'm I'm happy for you, bro. But like, I didn't even get one minute. I didn't even get 30 seconds. I didn't even get garbage time. Not that there was last night to be gar- really any garbage time. But when you're down 12, like, you couldn't put me in, coach, for some defense or anything? Yep. you got to know that's going to be bugging him. Um, I definitely think – and, and Tori has not been good. I don't want to say he's been terrible, but he's been bad. He hasn't been hitting very many shots. I think what he really needs to do is just decide – this is who I am. I'm not necessarily a shooter. I'm cool with it, but I'm going to get all the putback rebounds. Yep. I'm going to get. I'm going to rebound. You know, every single basketball I can get. I'm going to get in that paint. I'm going to box out as hard as I can. And and I think that's what Coach Malone saw from Wancho. That's what he was seeing. Wancho, every box out, he's there
0: every round he
1: can get he's there he's and and that's what tory needs to accept is like yeah i started in the playoffs last year on this team he probably wouldn't have started in the playoffs for another team and okay. he needs to kind of come to terms with it and just accept his role because i think he plays better what he is accepting of his role which is i'm i'm scrappy i can block the shit out of the ball and I can re—I jump out the building. So might as well get all the rebounds and show Coach Malone that my minutes are valuable. I bring value to this team. And I don't think he's really shown Malone that. And that's why Coach's decision last night, no minutes for Torrey Craig. I definitely think Torrey needs to forget this week. But I'm cool with going with Jamal, too. I, I agree with your take on Jamal. Like he, he had a rough time, especially because you know Jamal's going to get minutes. You know Jamal is your starter. We need Jamal to get out of this little tiny itty-bitty slump that he's been in for the last couple
0: games. So I I agree with you on that one. And it is tiny itty-bitty. Like, Jamal's been great this year. Like, overall, hard to argue with what he's done. He's been probably Denver's, well, I wouldn't say most consistent player now because – the, now, the slump kind of kind of factors into it, but but he's been yeah. great. Like there's there he had a a wonderful game against Philly on last Friday, just a week ago, where it was probably the best game I've ever seen him play in person. So can't can't really argue with that one. Okay, next question: uh, Will Wednesday against Houston or Friday against Boston be a better game? Uh, w- which will be the more enjoyable game for Nuggets fans to watch?
1: I mean, it depends. Do you like watching 27 free throws in one half? I mean.
0: No. <laughs> no, I do not. <laughs> uh, uh,
1: if we're just talking Nuggets side of the ball, I do think Houston is going to be a fun game. I ha- I'll i be honest. I haven't watched much of Boston. I haven't really been that intrigued to watch much, much of them. I think Houston is a more interesting matchup as far as, one, they're in the West. You know you're going to have to face them sometime, at some point in the playoffs, likely, unless you get lucky like they did last year and avoid people. Right. But Houston has historically been the Nuggets' worst matchup. They match up terribly against Houston. They they can't seem to guard James Harden. They can't. They did one time last year, and it was when they were coming at him from an angle as opposed to fronting him on defense, and um, and that is how they avoided getting getting him to the foul line. But I definitely think. Houston's going to be interesting because of the addition of Russell Westbrook. And I think it could potentially make it a better matchup for the Nuggets. What do you think?
0: I, I, I'm I going to go with more enjoyable and better game being Boston. Yeah? Just because I think that it's, it's hard to argue with the, the product that both teams are putting out there. I think Nuggets fans will enjoy watching a Boston game more. Simply because they they move the ball, they they get up and down, they they have a bunch of guys that can score, they have a bunch of different guys that can handle, and they pass the ball. Like that's that's a really a really big factor in this. Where James Harden, while he is spectacular, Russell Westbrook, while he is an enigma, I, I won't say spectacular, but he's a he's, disrespect. He's, yeah, it's it's disrespectful. Not gonna lie, but. It's it's just for me. It's just not enjoyable to watch. I I don't like it when only two players on the offense are moving at one time, and that's what the that's what the Rockets do, where they they have Harden and Capella playing the pick and roll, or they have Harden isoing one on one, and that's just Capella's
1: been phenomenal though. He's, he's good. Been, he's been really good to watch. Oh, he's yeah. been fun. I I have a hot take about Harden. I don't think Harden likes playing this kind of basketball. I think so. I don't think he's happy about it. I don't think he's happy that, like, he has to kind of do everything all the time and always getting fouls. I don't think it's his favorite way to play basketball. It doesn't seem like it to me. For the first year, I mean, maybe he's just like, okay, here we go again. Same old, same old. I'm going to do my thing and get mad buckets. And then nobody, it doesn't matter because we won't go to the playoffs. And if we do, we'll go to the playoffs, but we won't win anything, you know. So it could be that
0: he welcomed having Russell Westbrook on the team more than he welcomed having Chris Paul because i think that there there's a little bit of him that wanted Russell Westbrook to take the ball out of his hands to relieve him of some of that burden and and make life a little bit easier for him and so the rockets right now i think they're 8 and 3 i think they're they're playing just as well as denver is if not better and that should be a fun that should be a fun game to watch in that respect where you're facing a team that is a Western Conference opponent that is going to uh, do, do what they can to make Denver's life hell. Uh, it's it's going to be interesting to watch Nikola Jokic in the pick and roll because I think he's probably going to get roasted. If he yeah, does it though, then, then we'll see. he could
1: potentially struggle in that game.
0: And maybe that's the motivation that they need to get him out of this funk. Uh, okay. No player has scored 30 points yet on the Nuggets. The highest scoring total... Individually, is Jamal Murray twenty-seven points? I don't remember which game it was, but it was twenty-seven, which is so low. It's it's very surprising that the Nuggets haven't been able to put up a, a, a large point total yet. So, my question to you is, who will be the first player to crack thirty points this year, and when will it be? Hmm,
1: that's a good question. I think it's going to be Will Barton. I think I did. We ask this question last time we plotted.
0: I don't know if we did. And, and if we did, it was probably lost to the void because I wasn't oh, right. able to upload it. It, it was completely corrupted. Uh, but carry on. Boo,
1: technology. <laughs> um, yeah, I think Will Barton. And I think because he's he's been very consistent, he's um, done very well, shot, shooting the, the three ball well with the exception of last night when he was over for 5. Um, but he's still... Made other things happen. He is driving into the lane and making, like, he's just had some really nice games. I mean, you could put together a highlight reel of what he's been doing this season. Right. And I still called it. Called it from like beginning at training camp. I said he would be phenomenal this season and have a huge bounce back season. <laughs> Look at <you>. Nobody gives me <laughs> credit for it. Everyone's saying it now. <laughs> All the Will Barton haters didn't want to hear it. I took so much shit for that take, but I stand by it. Um,
0: you're Will you're Bart- prophetic. That that's that's who you are. You are you are Nostradamus. <laughs> that's Nostragenus. <laughs>
1: Something like that. Yeah, right. No, but I do think Will is capable of going for 30. I mean, he's had a few games, you know, a lot of 22s. I'm not remembering what he's averaging right now. Um, but
0: It's like 16 a a game or something like that. What was it? It's like 16 points a game or so.
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah, but I think he's capable of going for 30. Uh, Will he do it against Houston? Maybe against Boston.
0: You know, I have another guy going up against Boston, and it's Jokic. I mm. think that he has—there's there's going to be a lot of motivation coming into that game for Jokic. I think the Nuggets are going to lose on Wednesday against Houston. And I think that Jokic is going to be abused in the pick-and-roll. That's my take. That's He would tell you you are correct, sir. Yeah, and, uh, and on Friday, he gets to go up against a Boston Celtics team that only has one big man on the floor most times, and right now it's Inez Cantor. Who he played in the playoffs last year and kind of kinda of torched Inez Cantor and there's there's some I, not bad blood there, but there, oh, there's yeah. at least some history. Oh, yeah. There's some history between those guys. And I think that there's a there's a strong chance that Jokic comes out really strong against a Boston team that can't guard him. And if he puts Inez Cantor into the into the back of the net with two fouls, <laughs> then he may go off. And I think that, that that's probably the most likely time for them to that's get a 30-point game.
1: I, I forgot about Cantor going to Boston. I would say there's definitely bad blood there. Um, I even think that that Portland secretly is drafted, or er, drafted, <laughs> secretly picked up Melo just for the fact that they want to troll the Nuggets because they're, <laughs> I think it's a rivalry. I don't know. Last night... Um, Kendra from the Athletics, she was like, No, I don't really believe, buy in that it's a real rivalry le- yet. And I was like, Because you weren't at the Ford overtime game, Kendra. Yeah. You were here in the building when they were fighting, fans were fighting each other like every 10 seconds during those playoff games because th- it is a real uh, rivalry. And there was a lot of bad blood. Cantor took to Twitter over and over and over about how he was injured, how he got fouled so much when Jokic's arms are bleeding and scratched up and like and what's his face? Nurkic is over there with like trolling Jokic with the shirt from the same war that his their peoples were in Jesus. it was definitely there's definitely bad blood
0: I'm looking forward to Jokic facing Bo- or to facing Portland again that he he came out and dominated Hassan Whiteside. He's he's gonna go and dominate Inez Cantor on Friday. That's gonna be a fun one. Hey, what's your mellow take, real quick? Do you think the Hill up? Do you think the Hill impact the Blazers in 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 any way?
1: I'm hoping that he won't, because if he does, that means the Nuggets will probably drop out of the playoffs sooner than I want because that would make the port that would make portland another huge team i think Melo's a killer i think he had it might be the prettiest shot i've ever seen in my life watching carmelo shoot the ball he has a phenomenal shot um i think that he's probably learned that he can't he's gonna have to accept his role um and not be you know, not cry about not being a starter. I don't think that this league anymore really care. I don't, I don't perceive it as caring about starting. There's maybe one or two players on every team that cares, like really cares. Like Will Barton cares that he starts. It matters for whatever reason, pretty big to him. But like, and maybe that's just because I'm around the Nuggets all the time, and like, Wancho doesn't care about starting. I last year when Wancho got the start, I asked him, and he's like, "No, nah, it's the same thing. Coming off the bench, starting, whatever. I just want to contribute." You know, Yogesh. I don't think Yogesh cares about starting.
0: He, he clearly would, didn't.
1: He really probably doesn't. He probably is like, "Yeah, bring me off the bench, coach." <laughs> you know, um, I I don't know that there's uh, really uh, as much pressure as there used to be, or as much value as there used to be to starting. I think because you see guys like Lou Williams who might, you know, prior to Kawhi, Lou Williams was the most well-known name off of the Clippers because he was six men of the year time after time after time, and it didn't matter that he didn't start. So I think that that has kind of changed that uh, stigma, like if you're not a starter, you must suck or you're not, you're not as good. Um, I hope that Carmelo has learned that lesson because I do want to see him succeed, but I know that him succeeding means trouble for the Nuggets probably. It'll be really interesting, Dame C.J. McCollum and Carmelo on the floor.
0: It'll be weird. Who do you stop? Well, we'll see. We'll see what we'll see what they do. We'll see if Carmelo contributes. I'm a little bit skeptical. I I it's it seems very desperate for a team that really needed defense that really needed somebody who could defend that position. (laughs) They that was their main weakness. It wasn't the fact that they couldn't score. Um, yeah. I I'm I'm skeptical that it's going to work, but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. You, you hope that a guy like that, that's been humbled as much as he has, can figure it out. But I'm 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 still skeptical. But either way, she is Jenna Garcia at Vita Viva Diva. I got it that time. It was you pretty got good. got it on the first try. Pretty good. I was looking right at it just to make sure. <laughs> I am Ryan Blackburn at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. Make sure to follow us. Make sure to follow all of the other Denver Stiffs podcasts. We're doing great, having a good time. I got sick this past week, so so had a little bit of a mishap with the Nuggets numbers, but we'll get back on that grind. Expect a bunch of podcasts next week and going forward. A lot of things coming from Denver Stiffs. We are we're doing our best to put out the best content. Check out that video that Jenna made on social media with it the makes nuggets me
1: laugh every time it's dude. So i can't good. stop every <laughs> time i see one part and i'm like oh my god that part's so funny
0: it's so good the the celebration video for our nuggets victors we will be posting that every single time or at least retweeting it every single time the nuggets have a victory it's going to be great we're gonna sign off here it's been an hour we'll get you guys on your way have a great weekend and we'll see you guys next week